Hi, and welcome to Shattering BS Beliefs. I'm your host, Amy Turner, the No BS Sweetheart. And in this show, what we're going to do is we are going to shatter those BS beliefs that were never yours. Did you know that babies are born with only two fears? The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So any of these BS beliefs that you have about yourself were completely created by you and you can uncreate them. So let's do it. Oh, and if you're lucky, sometimes I have a special co-host and he can be found in the background scratching, sniffing, whining, and if you're lucky, even barking. So see if you can hear him. Stay tuned. Drama, drama, drama. We all, okay, let's face it. We all hate it, but we all secretly enjoy it. Because if we didn't enjoy it, then we wouldn't be getting in these big Facebook discussions and arguments and reality TV would not be a thing. So, and we enjoy it more if it's not happening to us because when it's happening to us, it's a little, a little, it's, it's a lot. It's a very chaotic and and can feel really uncomfortable. But here's the thing was we secretly enjoy it. And so are you ready to completely get rid of the drama. I know I am, so let's let's dig in. So the first thing, uh, so I wanna say hi, hello to everyone that is joining, hello to everyone that is listening on the podcast. If you on the podcast want to actually join in live, I will put the link in the comments, so, or in the, in the episode details so you can join in live and then you can get your questions and your comments actually on the next live episode. It's to fulfill a need. And if we don't learn how to fulfill that need in a healthy way, then it can create drama. And that's why we all have to deal with drama because a lot of us weren't taught how to do this in the healthy way. And so... I'm going to teach you guys today about the drama triangle. I like to call it the victim triangle because the way that it looks is it looks like it's an upside down triangle. And so the three roles are there's a persecutor on one on the top end of the triangle, the top point. Then there's the rescuer on the opposite top point. And then at the bottom is a victim. So it's an upside down triangle and what it is, is the persecutor and the rescuer are looking down at the victim. They have a one-up. They're almost like better than the victim because they both need a victim for them to play their roles. So that's why it is looking down. And I call it the victim triangle because as you'll see at the end of this is there is a difference between, it's like the victim extreme. So this is the victim triangle to me because the persecutor is one extreme of the victim and the rescuer is the other extreme of the victim. When you say drama, do you mean all conflicts and drama? Yeah. Yeah. All conflicts. If it's, if it's creating conflict, if it's creating chaos, if it's creating discord, anything like that, that's drama. If it's not a healthy conversation where you're able to share your side and they're able to share their side and you're able to come to a compromise, even if the compromise is that we're not going to agree, if it's you have to be right for some reason, then that's drama, in my opinion. And you'll see as I talk about the different roles, how each one has their own drama. So here's the thing. I think studies even show that 99% of people are in these roles. So it's not like we can really get away with them unless you are completely doing your own personal growth work and you're completely doing what it takes to get off the triangle. We're in the triangle. And here's the thing. We're actually in the triangle in our mind. And I'll tell you guys about that later, how we're just constantly in this triangle if we don't realize that we're in the triangle. And And then I'll teach you how to get out of the triangle. So that's what... That's what we're going to be discussing today. So any dysfunctional interaction is putting you on the triangle. And so every single role, there's going to be one role that you're going to resonate with most, but we all do all three roles. 
So as you'll see as I get into it. So it's going to be the role that you identify with the most. We all play roles. Like I said, some of them we play more than others, and especially in our mind, like I shared earlier. So let's just, let's dive in. Akshana says, I can relate and I'm identifying what unmet need it was. I had a major drama last two weeks. Oh, perfect. Okay. So then you're in the right spot because maybe what I'm going to teach you is going to help you see what the heck that drama was about two weeks ago. Let's get into the victim. So this is the one where the upside down triangle, this is the one on the bottom. So this is the one that the persecutor and the rescuer both need to be able to be in those roles. First and foremost, let me share that this is a role that we play. This is a type of personality that we play. I'm not talking about if you were a victim in your childhood and you were violated in any way. That's that's not what I'm discussing here. So if you were, I'm sorry that that happened to you. And I'm not saying that you need to stop. Well, I am saying you need to stop playing the victim. But if you were a victim, that's not what I'm going to be discussing today. So I just want to make sure I have that disclaimer. As a victim, someone who is in this victim role is usually someone who had a parent that's a rescuer. So I'm going to get into rescuer a little later, but basically a rescuer is looking for someone to fix. So if you had a parent that was constantly enabling you and fixing you and doing things for you where you couldn't do it on your own, usually that is the person who turn, who most identifies with the role of the victim. So the victim is looking for someone to rescue them. They're looking for someone to tell them what to do. They're looking for someone to give them the answers. They don't believe that they have their own answers. They don't believe that they're capable. They feel inadequate. And so they're constantly looking for someone to help them, for someone to give them the answers, for someone to be there for them, for someone to rescue them. Now, one way you can identify if someone is in victim or if you are in victim is when you have someone, maybe a rescuer or maybe someone who's really healthy that's wanting to help you, and they're giving you suggestions about how to make whatever your issue is better, and they're telling you, well, why don't you do this, or why don't you try this, and you say, or the victim personality, the victim role says, yeah, but. Yeah, but I can't do that because of this. Yeah, but this is in the way. Yeah, but da 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 da, da. Yeah, but I tried that. So this is something that is, or this is someone who doesn't think they're capable of figuring things out. And if you are someone that is telling them, why don't you try this? They just disregard it because they don't believe that they're capable and they just want you to tell them the answer. And the funny thing is, even if you tell them the answer, they still might say, yeah, but because they just don't believe that there is that perfect answer out there. It's like you, they have to have someone to, to take them on their own journey, basically. So it's someone who is fighting for their limitations. There's always something wrong with them. They think there's something wrong with them. And um, one thing I will say is a lot of addicts, especially addicts when it comes to other people, fall into this victim role. So these are your love, your sex addicts, your codependents. These are the people, well, codependents are rescuers too, but basically if it's someone who has that addiction, like you need someone, you're like a savior, you're searching for someone to save you, so to speak, whether it's a relationship, a therapist, a coach, a healer, anything like that. So and they're also the type who are very, very hard on themselves. And they they have that poor me. So it's just poor me. Everything happens to me. I can't, I'm not capable. I can't take responsibility. Just everything keeps happening to me. One way to look at this is, and a great, great example of this is everyone knows Winnie the Pooh. And so Winnie the Pooh, that, that character Eeyore, right? So the ER character represents the extreme version um, version of the the victim, and so that's that poor me. Oh no, everything's happening to me. That's the extreme version. So 
I'm giving you guys kind of the extreme version. I will share that I, that's my primary role. My primary role is to fall into that victim looking for someone to save me. I mean, for a long, long time, I was considered a love addict where I was looking for a relationship to save me, to rescue me. I didn't know I was doing it. It was unconscious. I just wanted a boyfriend. I didn't realize it was because I was addicted to feeling love so I can feel like I was wanted and needed in my life. Um, so I've done a lot of work on myself. I'm no longer a love addict, but that is the role that I go into is I go into that, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. I need someone else to tell me how to do it. I don't know the answers. And so again, that's something I've worked on really hard with myself, but that's the role that I find myself going into. And so I have to really like talk myself out of it and use the techniques that I'm going to teach you at the end of this of how to get out of the triangle. So now, like I said, we all play all three different roles. So if you are a victim or in that role, or you know someone that's a victim, when the victim moves into the persecutor, this is what it looks like. It looks like the victim is now blaming people for not taking care of them. So that's where the persecutor shows up is, I can't believe you, you didn't take care of me. So then you're turning on your rescuer and blaming them for not taking care of you or not giving you the right answer. Or you manipulate people to take care of you. So you're realizing that this person is not taking care of you in the way that they want you want or they're not giving you the right answer and so you manipulate them so they will take care of you. So that's what happens when the victim moves into the persecutor. Now, when the victim moves into the rescuer, they're looking for someone to rescue so they can feel better about themselves. So they don't have to feel I'm not capable, I'm not good enough. They're looking for someone to rescue that feels I'm not capable and I'm not good enough so they don't have to feel that. So let me look at your guys's, oh, you guys have been responding. Let me see what you guys said. Cornelia says, or they say, don't tell me what to do. Oh, yeah, yes. That's when the victim moves into the persecutor, right? Cornelia, is they say, don't tell me what to do, right? Exactly. Like Shauna, I play this role. Let me see. I play this role at times and want to be rescued, but I don't seem to disregard suggestions. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, I was just giving the extreme version. You can still absolutely listen to suggestions. It's, it's just that that's the extreme version of someone who does the yeah, but, um, and that's probably the victim that goes into persecutor too, a little bit. So you can still play that victim role and not disregard suggestions, but where you're still looking for someone to save you, someone to give you the right answer. David, this was my last relationship. Okay, so your last relationship was a woman who played victim. And I'm curious, David, did you have to play persecutor or did you play rescuer? Did you go through both? That would be like interesting for you to see and for you to share if you feel like it. Uh, Cornelia says, I'm with you. Okay, Akshana, let's see. Yes, me too. I can totally relate to everything you're saying. And yes, I do look for a rescuer always in a relationship with a man. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And it's not anything to be upset about is like I said, you probably had a parent who rescued you. And so that's what we learn is that's what you grew up with. And so it's learning that, oh, okay, so I'm not capable because my mom or my dad took care of me. And so I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. So I need to find someone else to take care of me because I'm not capable, which is not true. That's just what we believe when we are in that role. Fred says, yes, I identify. Thanks for sharing about yourself as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I will absolutely share with you guys if there's something for me to share. Cause yeah, I'm, I, I easily go into victim. I mean, I would say that my mom was my rescuer. She did everything for me. And so I grew up thinking, oh, I'm not capable. And the thing is, is I didn't know I was thinking I'm not capable. I just kind of assumed things got done for me. So you can imagine what kind of reality I jumped into when I turned into an adult and I'm supposed to have all this responsibility and I'm still acting like a little girl, not knowing what to do because I always had someone rescuing me. And of course it makes sense of why I wanted to, why I became a love addict and why 
I was looking for someone to save me because it's a scary thing being rescued your whole life and then going into adulthood and not being rescued and just like, how the hell do I do life? So that's, that's my story. Oh, David, let's hear what you had to say. Rescuer. So you were the rescuer, but was never good enough, was way too dependent. So your girlfriend was way too dependent on me. My independence came off as me not caring, which was not the case at all. Exactly. So that's where the victim goes into persecutor and says, you don't care about me because you're not taking care of me when you're just being independent. You're just doing what you want to do. So that's exactly a perfect example of being on the triangle. And I'm assuming, David, because it was your last relationship that you're no longer in the triangle, or maybe you are in a new relationship, or maybe you are in your head, as I will explain a little bit later. Okay, so if you want to just come out of hiding and just put it out there and just be like, yeah, that's my role, tell on yourself, get it out there, because now you can change it. Now you know. Oh, I have, sorry, I have one, one example. I like to give you guys examples so you have an understanding. Although, David, that was a perfect, perfect example of just moving around the triangle. So I had a client that came to me for severe bowel issues, and she's seen many doctors and was on many prescriptions, and she just, nothing was really working. So she thought, okay, I might as well try hypnosis. I mean, this has got to be something emotional. This has got to be something in my mind. And so when we went back into her childhood in the hypnosis, those are the scenes that showed up, is she realized that she never felt good enough growing up. And her sister could do no wrong. Her sister was that princess. And her dad would take her out to the field with him when he was at work. Him and his coworkers would drink and his coworkers would make moves on her and no one stopped her. So there she is, an actual victim. And she felt sick to her stomach, but she couldn't say anything. And so, which makes sense of why she has all these stomach issues, all these bowel issues. She felt sick to her stomach. So as an adult, it makes sense that she has this now or did have it. So after we worked together, we realized that she needed to put up really strong boundaries with her family. So she's not still in that victim role. And her stomach issues greatly, greatly improved. And so her whole thing with victim is she didn't feel like she was good enough. She didn't feel like she was capable. She had to listen to what her family said about her. She couldn't speak up. And so working with me, she was able to speak up, put up those boundaries, see that this is not who she is at all. This is just who she was brought up to be. Akshana, I can sometimes go into attack mode by thinking he doesn't care or I'm not important. Exactly, exactly. Same thing as David was sharing. So if you are, if your main role is that victim, then if you feel like someone isn't saving you, rescuing you, helping you in the way that you want to be helped, then you attack them. And that can be either what I explained where it's either like you're blaming the person or then you're manipulating them to come back and rescue you. So what I would say is the blaming is you don't care about me, but then the rescuing is I'm not important. So kind of getting them to come back and take care of you. Thank you so much for being so honest, because that's the thing. We can't get over this until we're honest about what's going on. Okay. Varad says, I think it's a tie between victim and persecutor. Maybe I'll identify more as we go on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, you can have two. There's one that is the most, you're the most identified with, but like a lot of people have two. I have two too. So I'm victim mostly and then rescuer, obviously. I mean, I'm a counselor, I'm a coach, I'm a hypnotherapist, I'm constantly wanting to help people. So as long as I set my boundaries, then I can do it in that healthy way. But yeah, I have to just really make sure. And I'll tell you guys about rescuer next so you can see what I'm talking about. Okay, Akshana, does everyone have a primary role or can go into all three? To me, I feel like I mostly go into victim and persecute. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I just said. Yeah, so there's a primary role, but we go into all three. Andy, I believe that all conflict stems from miscommunication or a lack of communication. Exactly. The comical thing is that it is sometimes only in our own mind. Yes, everyone has the capability to not allow conflict or to turn it into a positive. Absolutely. Yes, it is. It's miscommunication. And it's not taking responsibility, which I'll get more into at the end. But exactly, Andy, that's exactly it. Okay. 
let's go into rescuer. So in order for someone to be a rescuer, they have to have someone to save, someone to rescue, which equals a victim. So a rescuer needs a victim. And here's the thing with rescuers, if they don't have a victim, they can create a victim. So that, that's something to watch out for. Again, I told you guys I'm doing the extreme here just so we get to see all different sides of things. So usually in books and in movies, this is usually the hero of the story. And so this is the person that fixes people or fixes problems. And again, if there's nothing to fix, they're going to create something to fix. So if you have someone in your life that is a rescuer and everything is going well in your friendship, your relationship, and all of a sudden there just comes conflict, it could be someone is in that rescuer role and they're feeling like they need to fix something so they can feel important and they could be creating chaos. So in childhood, this is usually someone who was shamed for having needs in their family. So we all have needs, we all have wants and needs and, and emotions. And if we got shamed for our needs, usually this is someone that goes into rescuer because a rescuer feels like, well, I don't have needs or my needs don't get met. So I'm gonna go help a bunch of people so I can be noticed, so I can be acknowledged. And so I can feel like I'm important. So when they feel needed because they don't have needs, you know, quotes is because they do have needs. They were just taught that they can't. So when some, when they feel needed by helping someone, then they feel important. The thing with the rescuer is it's, it's a very, it can be a very good thing because you're, you're helping people. I mean, that's like a human nature for us to want to help people. The thing is, is it can look good on the outside, but on the inside, there's more to it. And this is someone who hasn't come to terms with them in that rescuer role, which can actually do more damage as a rescuer than actually helping someone. And that's what we're going to talk about. So the need to feel important can completely take over who they're helping. They, they, they can make the person that victim that they're helping feel like they aren't capable of doing it and they need that rescuer to fix them. So there's this constant enabled relationship. And here's the thing, when we're doing these roles, even to the extreme, they're unconscious. We're always getting our needs met. So someone that is doing this, they're, they're most likely doing it unconsciously because they have such a deep desire to feel needed that they want to give their that victim the answers. They want the victim to know that I'm the one that can help you, which can can be detrimental to the victim because it keeps the victim in that victim place and it keeps the rescuer in that rescuer place. This is someone who is usually codependent. Like they need someone to rescue. They need someone to fix. They They don't know who they are. They don't have an identity except for fixing and helping people. So when, when a lot of like helpers and therapists and coaches and people talk about burnout, which burnout means that you're just giving so, so much that you are just mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted. That's what burnout means in, in the field. And I want you guys to think of, I love this analogy where you think about um, the glass is half full and I'm not talking about half full, half empty here. I'm talking about, I want you to see a glass that is half full. Okay. Then I want you to say three cups next to it. So the glass is the rescuer, the tall glass that's half full of water. And then the three cups are clients or the victims as we're speaking about. And so if the rescuer is pouring from their cup, so they're pouring water into the first cup, pouring water into the second cup and pouring water into the third cup, that rescuer doesn't have a lot of water left, a lot of life, a lot of energy left for themselves. And so they're giving all that they got to the people that they're rescuing and they're not giving to themselves. And that's what creates burnout. And so 
what can happen in the field, and this is, I love this analogy. It's super triggering for anyone who's a healer or therapist or coach, just like I am. It was triggering when I heard it, but I'm glad I did. Is Carolyn Mace says burnout. So she says a lot of people in the trade will use burnout as a way to get recognition, as a way to say, oh my gosh, I've helped so many people. I'm so burnt out. I'm such a great person. I'm so recognized. Look at all the good that I'm doing. And Caroline May says, absolutely not. That is not how you are supposed to respond as a rescuer, healer, therapist. This, I'm telling you, it's audible right now. I think it's Caroline Mace and it's um, every single person in the helping field should listen to this because it's so eye-opening and triggering and perfect. <laughs> and so what she said, she gave an example of how she was doing a workshop and I think it was like a five-day workshop, and she finally got a chance to go have lunch, and one of the participants found her and sat right next to her and said, oh, thank God, I finally got you to myself. I need you to tell me about me. And Caroline looked at her and she said, I'm sorry, I can't do this. This is my time right now. I am eating, I'm running a workshop. I want you to know I care about you and I'm glad you're here, you're here but I can't do this for you. This is I'm going to be depleted. I can't give you my best right now. My best right now is to replenish me by eating, by feeling good about myself so I can get back up there and train you guys. And I can't sit here and do a one-on-one -on -one right now. And she shared how every single healer should be able to do that when it's our time to fill our cup. And she shared that that participant wrote her a nasty letter afterwards. And Caroline just said, you know what? That's okay. That's that's on her is she said too many people in that rescuing role are using burnout as it's a good thing. And she says, absolutely not. You need to fill your cup and then you can go help people. And so that's what I'm talking about with burnout is for someone who's in a rescuer role, you need to fill your cup. You need to have your cup full. You need to get your self care. You need to set your boundaries. You need to do different things like that. Because otherwise, you're just going to feel burnt out and you're not going to actually help someone. So that's my rant. I swear this Audible is amazing and every healer should listen to it. It's, it's incredible. Now, when the rescuer moves to the persecutor role, it, it sounds a little like this. After all that I've done for you. So who's heard that? Who's heard those words? After all that I've done for you. So then... The rescuer feels like I've given you my all. I'm not getting the recognition. You're not changing, whatever it is. And then you can persecute. The rescuer can persecute the victim by saying, after all that I've done for you, the rescuer can go to the extreme and completely abandon them. Now, when the rescuer moves into the victim, it sounds a little like this. What I do is never enough. And so that's where it's like, oh, I, what I do, it's never enough for you. It's never good enough for you. So that's when the rescuer moves to the victim. And they can also say things like, you don't appreciate me. An example of this is I had a coach call me and she's a brilliant coach, but she was just not attracting the right clients. She was having trouble at home with her kids, just a lot of issues going on. And so, and here's the thing, she's a classic codependent. And so she was giving to all of her clients, she was giving to her kids, she was giving to this awful boyfriend who treated her like crap, but she was staying with them because she was scared about the money. No wonder why she was struggling to, to find these clients and have, have a good life because she's giving from a half full or even an empty cup. She's not giving to herself. And so we had a session, we found out kind of where that started in her childhood, where she was um, where she was being rescued and didn't feel like, um, or no, I'm sorry, where she, she wasn't getting her needs met. So she's constantly out there looking for someone to fill her needs. And then of course with her kids, that's what she's going to do because she's a mom, but she didn't know how to give back to herself. And so after the session, she learned how to become more visible and she broke up with that awful boyfriend and ended up finding an even better boyfriend who had money, even more money, so she didn't have to worry about that, and treated her like a goddess. So it's just, it's just crazy what happens when we understand what's going on, and then we're able to, to recognize it and change things and how our life can get better. Okay, let me look at your comments. 
Okay, Atana says, oh my God, a lot of rescuers I know ghost or vanish when they're so in burnout. Yeah, exactly, because they're not taking care of themselves. And so they ghost you or they vanish because they they can't give you anymore. So yeah, exactly. Oh, Cornelius says, what is Audible? Audible is um, where you can listen to books on on, um, I wanted to say on tape, but we're definitely not in the eighties or nineties anymore. So, uh, where you listen to books, recorded books. So it's a, it's from Amazon and I just constantly listen to audibles. I don't even think this thing of Caroline is available in a book. It's not a book. It's, you have to buy the recording. Uh, Vered says, Oh my God, my ex-mother-in-law. Okay, so she was the rescuer and now you're able to see, oh my God, no wonder why I had such controversy with my ex-mother-in-law because you're seeing how she's needing you to play a role so she can stay in that role. And when you don't want to play that role, that's when it can create drama and chaos and controversy like that. And now, again, if you want to call yourself out or you're honest with yourself and understand, oh, yeah, this is my normal role. This is my most identified role. Then you can change it. So like I shared, I'm very much mostly a victim, but I easily go into rec- uh, into rescuer because I when I'm on the triangle, I I want to be acknowledged and I want to be feel like I'm needed. Um I don't go into it very often anymore because I understand how that's not helpful for clients. So if I'm in that, I have to just take a breather and and turn it off of me and onto the client. And then right after, if it's in the middle of the session, right after, go do something for me. Go do self-care for me. So, okay. And so the last one, this one is the persecutor. Now, this is someone who needs someone to blame and control. So again, this is why it's on the top of the triangle, just like rescuer, because it needs a victim. This role needs a victim. It needs someone to blame and control. So in movies and in books, this is usually the villain. That villain character is the persecutor. So this person has a lot of pent up anger anger from childhood because most likely they had a victimizer parent and they had a parent who, or sorry, I say, sometimes I say victimizer or persecutor. So I mean the same thing. So this person had a persecutor parent. So they, they blamed and controlled and used fear on this person as a kid. And so that's what this person learned is this is how I control my environment as being a persecutor. So the persecutor never takes responsibility and blames and controls as much as that person can. And so they use, they use fear and force. And here's, here's the big thing is they use fear and force to hide their shame. So all three of these roles are all shame based. So in the middle of the triangle, I should just have the word shame in the middle because that's what this is all about is feeling shame, not wanting to feel shame, so playing in the roles. Surprisingly or not, when we when we look at the role of persecutor, we think like they're sometimes like narcissistic or um, ego-based, you know, and we don't think that they have any shame. And actually, they have the most shame. That's why they um, they can't share any kind of weakness because they have the most shame. And the thing about the persecutor is, and it's Again, these roles, no one's doing it on purpose. These are just our unconscious ways of trying to get our needs met. The thing is with the persecutor is they don't feel safe in their environment. And the only way they can feel safe is to control it. And the way that they control it is they use fear and blame and shame and manipulation with other people to make sure their environment feels safe to them. They can be passive aggressive and aggressive any way to get their way because when they get their way, they feel safe. So they truly feel like the world is out to get them. People are out to get them. The world is not a safe place. That's why they can go into this role. Yeah. So like I said, okay, so rescuers deny that they have needs. Victimizers deny that they have any weaknesses. So it's the same coin, just a different side. That's why I say I kind of call it the victim triangle is because it's 
the victim is at the bottom, but it's like the two extremes of the victim are the persecutor and the rescuer. So the persecutor's thinking is get them before they get me. The thing with the persecutor, this one's the hardest one to admit that they are acting in a persecutor because it's hard, it's hard for them to admit it because no one wants to admit that they're, they're the persecutor. They're the villain. No one wants to admit that. And so when you hear them go on the triangle, it's more of, they use the words of victim and rescuer, but it ends with the persecutor. So an example would be where, well, they did that to me, so they deserve it, right? And so that's the victim, right? So they're coming from that victim place. Well, they did that to me. How dare them do that to me? They deserve it. So that's back to the persecutor. And if they are in if they're moving to the victim, then they can say something like, well, they were supposed to have my back, but they didn't. And so they got what this, what is coming to them. And so that's where they are. Um, oh, the first one was victim. This one was rescuer. So that's the rescuer. They're supposed to have my back, but they didn't. So they got what's coming to them. So it's back to persecutor. And okay, so let's see. So I have, um, I had a client who had jealousy issues. And so she created a lot of chaos in her marriage with her husband because she wanted her husband to know how she felt about him having a bunch of friends and even friends that are girls. And so she was trying to control her husband and the situation so he wouldn't go out with his friends. So then she didn't have to worry about feeling jealous because right then Everything's against him. The world's against him. She's not safe if she's out with, if he's out with his friends, because what could happen? So that's that persecutor. So she manipulated and used what she could to get him to stay home and not go out with his friends, which was not good for their marriage. And so when, when we went into the session together, we went into her childhood where she had past boyfriends that dumped her and went out with other women and so she was just really jealous of them and that's where it's kind of just showing up in her life and um, also her mom was divorced and she was going out plenty of times with other guys and so every time she had a date or she had a new boyfriend she was put to the bottom like she didn't even matter and so she felt really jealous of that boyfriend because they were getting all of the attention that was that her mom used to give her so uh, so when she realized this is what she was doing, cause here's the thing, again, it's unconscious. We don't realize that we're doing it. We're just getting a need met. So her need was, I don't want to feel jealous. So I'm going to keep my husband home. She didn't. And then of course she was creating chaos and she didn't realize how much chaos she was creating because of it. So once she realized it, then she was able to just accept it and realize he loves me. He's not going to do anything. And if he does, then we'll figure it out. But I can't control him from having his life. And so now she's so much happier. Their relationship is so much happier just because of it. Okay, let me see what you guys said. Andy says, powerful and scary stuff and so true. I'm sure everyone can relate to one of those roles. Absolutely. We all can. We all are in the victim triangle, unless we are taking responsibility and communicating. But again, Andy, that brings me to my next point, which is we do the, the, I say victim triangle, we do the drama triangle in our head to ourselves every single day. And so even if we aren't resonating maybe with the roles that we play all the time, or, or we aren't resonating with other people in our life, which would be crazy if we weren't, but if we weren't, then at least we can see how we do it in our minds. Oh, Cornelia says that was both sides of my relationship. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So you're resonating with that. Okay. Akshana says, okay, I think my primary role is persecutor. I do feel very unsafe and I need a lot of control. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for being so honest because now you can change it. Now you see, oh my gosh, I understand why I've, why this is happening. Maybe this is what happened two weeks ago. Maybe that's what the conflict was about is because you didn't feel safe in your environment for whatever reason. And so persecutor role had to come out. I'm not sure, but maybe that's something that helps. So as um, I was telling Andy, so let's 
let's get into how we do this in our head every single day. So this is crazy, but when you see it, it's going to help so much. So an example of this is something you can say in your head is, I can't believe I just did that. I'm such an idiot. I always screw it up. So who knows which one that is? Is that the victim? Is that the persecutor? Or is that the rescuer? I can't believe I just did that. I'm such an idiot. I always screw this up. What does that sound like? That's the victim. Okay, this is in your head. Can't believe I just did that. I'm such an idiot. I always screw it up. Then, yeah, but you did that because that's all that you knew at the time. So which one is that one? What do you think that one is? So you're saying, yeah, but you did this because you did this because it's okay. It's okay. Right? So that one is the rescuer. And then we can go into the persecutor, which is saying, actually, it's their fault because they didn't tell me how to do this. So then you're looking for someone to blame. So for in this example, first, you're the rescuer. Sorry, first, you're the victim. Then you rescue yourself and then you find someone to blame. So that's what we do in our head. And I'll have an example of that. I was giving a speech at my chamber of commerce and I had an expectation that everyone was going to introduce themselves first and order their food, get their food. By the time everyone's done introducing themselves, then it's time for me to speak. And then I have more attention on me. Well, the coordinator decided to change it as soon as everyone started showing up and he introduced me and I'm sitting there like, why is he introducing me? No one, no one's introduced themselves yet. And so in my head, in the middle of my presentation, in the middle of my presentation, you guys, I was saying, no one's listening to me. Everyone's busy eating. People are coming in late. No one's paying attention to me. So straight victim. And then rescuer. Well, it's on them because it says nothing about me and it's okay. Me, just get through it. And then it switched to how dare my coordinator switch everything on me, switch the schedule, make me go first. When everyone is eating, no one can pay attention. How dare he do this? And so that's me straight in the triangle in the middle of my presentation. So you can imagine how great my presentation was because I'm trying to say this like amazing stuff. And here I am in my head playing the victim or the, the drama triangle in my head. And so it's just when we actually see that we're doing it, that's when we can change it. Oh, and then what I could have done in it is I could have taken responsibility and went to him and said, Hey, you know, I had an expectation. I was planning on doing it this way. I am the speaker. That's how I would feel more comfortable. Now it's completely up to him what he says, but at least I'm standing up for myself and I'm saying how I felt instead of playing victim and then rescuer and persecutor in the situation. I could have went up to him and said, wait a minute, this is what I want. Again, he chooses, but I still get to say what I want. And I didn't do it in that, in that moment. And I've definitely learned my lesson from there. Okay. So if you resonate with the persecutor, put a P in the comments, if you feel like this is something that you just want to come out of hiding and say, this is me. Now, let me just share as we're concluding, I want to share some, some examples. And so I was thinking, okay, what, what movie, what TV show can I share where it just shows these so well? So I came up with two. So the first one is back to the future. I'm pretty sure every single person has seen back to the future. If you haven't, Basically, it's the main character is Marty. He has to go back in time to basically get his dad to get his mom to choose his dad so they can get married and have him as a kid. Now, of course, there's always got to be a villain in there. The villain is Biff and he's trying to date his mom. So the victim or so Marty is the main character. And so he is the rescuer. So he's having to rescue his dad because his dad was like a total wimp and getting bullied by Biff, which is the persecutor, completely getting bullied by Biff. And so if he gets bullied by Biff, his mom isn't going to fall in love with him and he's not going to be alive. And so Marty's a rescuer. His dad is the victim and Biff is the persecutor. So that's one example. Now here's 
Who's seen the show Breaking Bad? I know that a lot of people have seen it. It was such a popular, popular show. It, um, I was thinking of which one I could show, like tell you guys to show these roles so well. And this show does it so perfectly. Every single character is somewhere on this triangle, which makes it so easy for me to share. Hopefully you've seen the show or maybe you can go like Google search it and see what I'm talking about. But every single character plays these roles and so many characters go through the full triangle. So the main character is Walter. Now he starts out as a victim because he has an illness. He has cancer. So he starts out as a victim to his illness. Then he learns how to rescue himself because he starts cooking meth because that's going to rescue him by giving him money to help him with the cancer treatment. So then he's also rescuing his wife by not telling his wife what he's doing by cooking the meth. And so he's rescuing her from knowing what's going on. Then also he is a victim to his son because of course this creates chaos in the family because he's not being honest about what's going on. The family can feel it. And so the victim, so he becomes a victim to his son. So his son is upset with him and then his wife is upset with him. So then he becomes the victim. And also with the characters, Jesse, well, let Gus, he's always a victim to Gus. So I'm, I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it, but always a victim to Gus. And um, until later, but I won't spoil it. Uh, and then he... And so with Jesse, that's his like main cooking meth partner, he is the victim to him. Then he rescues him and he persecutes him. He does all of them to Jesse. And, um, and then he ends up being a persecutor to a lot of people. And even, even to Mike, which Mike is my favorite character, by the way. If you guys like Breaking Bad, you have to tell me how much you love Mike because Mike is so fun. Uh, Okay, so his son is Walter Jr., who actually goes by Flynn because he was so upset with his dad that he didn't want to be named Walter anymore after his dad, so he changed his name to Flynn. He rescues his dad many times and rescues his mom, but then he plays uh, the victim about how his dad is treating him, and then he persecutes his dad, so he goes completely through the triangle. Walter's wife, Skylar, completely through the triangle. So she is a victim to the illness. Then she wants to rescue Walt. She rescues her son. Then she's a persecutor and wants to take away, I believe it's their daughter, uh, and, and wants to move away. So it's just constant, constant, constant on the triangle. Uh, and then Gus. So Gus is straight persecutor. If you know Gus, straight persecutor. He never goes into victim. He never goes into rescuer. The only way I would say he kind of goes into rescuer is with Hank. But the thing is, is he doesn't even, he doesn't rescue Hank. It's always for his own needs and wants. So it has nothing to do with that. He wants to rescue Hank. It's that he, he has his own way of doing things. So he's straight persecutor. And Jesse, Jesse is the perfect example of the victim, the poor me. And even if Jesse goes into persecutor, or goes into rescuer, he always goes back to victim because he has these awful, awful things happen to him the whole time. So he is straight victim, straight for me. And again, like I said, Mike is my favorite character. If you guys, if you guys watch Breaking Bad, Mike is freaking amazing. Mike is not on the triangle. Mike is constantly just doing his job. He, he doesn't, he doesn't go into his emotions at all. He never is a persecutor. It's only his job if he has to be. He's never a victim and he's never a rescuer. He just does his job. He's just straight, stoic, not in the triangle at all. Like Shauna says, so I can then identify why I am playing the P and the unmet need in that situation and communicate it directly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you can't. So identify it to yourself, understand what's going on. So first you want to identify it to yourself. You want to look at this yourself. You don't want to bring anyone else into it until you have more understanding of it. And the unmet, you said the unmet need in that situation. Yep. There's always an unmet need. That's why we go into one of those, those roles. So Exana, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell all you guys right now how to get off of the triangle. So as I shared earlier with Andy, 
and with you guys is how you get off the triangle are two main things. Take responsibility and communicate your feelings and your needs. That's how you get off the triangle. One, take responsibility. Two, communicate your feelings and needs. So the way you take responsibility is you look at your actions. You know, a lot of times in relationships or couples or even friendships or whatever, people say, okay, I'm going to give 50 and you give 50. No, that's not it at all. You give 100 and I'll give 100. You're not only giving 50% of yourself. We all are a full person. So it's 100%. So take 100% responsibility for there's a there's an unmet need, exactly what you were saying, Ashana. There's an unmet need there. And you have to take responsibility of what that need is and why you're wanting other people to fill it for you. That's how you take responsibility. And you see, oh, okay, that's why I was acting like a persecutor or a rescuer or a victim because I wanted this person to do this for me. Then you can take responsibility. Oh, okay, I know what that is now. The other piece is communicate your feelings and your needs. So a lot of us, weren't taught great communication because a lot of us just don't know. It's something that is the number one death to all kinds of relationships or not being able to communicate our needs and our feelings. So if you can learn how to let yourself, like the thing is we're all human. We all have feelings. We all have emotions. We're all sad. We're all angry. We're all happy. We're all joyful. We're all, what, what else? Like all of the, we're all fearful. We all have those. And so if you're acting like you don't have those, you're pushing it down. You're not dealing with it. And I'm sorry, later on, it's going to show up in your body. So it's so good to just fill your feelings. It's okay to have feelings. That's what we're here for. That's how we get better. The only way out is through and through it is through your feelings and your needs. We all have needs, and if we don't feel comfortable asking for what we want, that's when we can get on the triangle, is either we have to blame or control or manipulate or um, look for someone to save us. Like That's why we're on the triangle, because we don't know how to ask for what we want. I think you can always ask for what you want. It doesn't mean you're going to get it, but you can always ask, because the other person has an opportunity to say yes or no or compromise with you and figure out how you guys can. It's when we don't ask for what we want, that's when we have to turn to all of these defenses and manipulation and all that. Cornelia says, that would be my partner. So as they, Victor, where do I stand up? So as a, I think you're, I think you're saying as a victim. Yeah, <laughs> Cornelia, I know, so funny. Okay, so Cornelia says, as a victim, where do I stand up? As a victim, you, okay, so first you take responsibility. And you say, okay, I'm looking for someone to save me. That's not, that's not good. I can look for someone to guide me, but I have the answers. So you understand that you have the answers. You are capable. You are good enough. And you begin self-care. You begin getting massages. You begin putting yourself first. You begin taking care of yourself, eating healthy, whatever that looks like for you. You begin putting yourself first. And then you begin to take your power back because you get to learn that you get to make your own decisions and your own choices and you stop looking for someone to complete you and fix you and rescue you and you realize you feel so much more powerful because you realize you've had this all along it was just a role that you were taught to play and once you get out of it then you realize i have the answers and i can do this of course you can always find a guide a mentor a therapist a coach a healer any of that um, a friend, you know, you can have that, but there's a difference between looking for someone to give me the answers and fill me up as opposed to listening to what they say and trusting your own inner guidance of what feels right for you and doing self-care. So that's what you do if you are a victim to get off the triangle. If you're a rescuer to get off the triangle is you, you can still become that coach and that mentor, but the difference is, is you have those boundaries. Just like I was sharing with Caroline May said, if your cup is not full or even half full, don't give. It's time to give to yourself and then you can give to other people. And so, and let the victim know that, hey, I'm just here to guide you. 
I'm just here to, to tell you my truth, but you have your own choices and you don't need me. You might want me and we can work together and I can guide you, but you don't need me. I, I can't tell, I can't run your life for you. So you have to be, you have to know that and not enable people and set those boundaries. So now if you resonate with the persecutor role, this one is the hardest one because like I said, the persecutor doesn't want to admit they have weaknesses, but if you can admit you have weaknesses, you will get off the triangle because you just have to be willing to own your part in it and see, oh, okay, I didn't feel protected. I didn't feel safe in my environment. And that's why I acted this way or why I've used blame or fear. And once you are honest about that, everything can change and just trust that not everyone is out to get you. Yeah, maybe that's how it felt growing up, but now you're an adult and when like what you resist persists. So if you're thinking that everyone is out to get me, then you're going to attract a lot of people that are out to get you and it's going to feel like that. So it's realizing, okay, who who can I look at that's not out to get me? And it's like opening, broadening your horizons of who in your life or who do you want to have in your life that's not out to get you, that's actually there for you, that's there to support you. That's how you get off the triangle. Now, one more big, big, big thing to know. When you are getting off the triangle, you have to get off in one of those roles. So what do you guys think? Which role is the last role that you go into to be able to get off the triangle? So when you're taking responsibility and you're communicating your feelings and your needs, what role do you think is the one that, the last one that you have to go through to get off the triangle? It's not an easy question. So the reason why you Everyone, if you're getting off the triangle, why you have to get off in the persecutor role is because people know us as who we are. If we're not taking responsibility and communicating our feelings and needs, and all of a sudden we are taking responsibility and communicating our feelings and needs, we are making the situation uncomfortable with people around us. We are coming out of that box. We're not playing that role anymore that people are used to us playing. And so they can think that we're hurting them, that we're doing something to them, that we're wanting to change them. And so they make us the persecutor. Doesn't mean we're acting like a persecutor. See, that's the trick question. Uh, but they make us the persecutor because we don't want to play that role anymore. We don't want to engage in drama. And if it's someone in your life that is still engaging in drama and you're not going to want to do it, they're not happy about it and they're going to make you feel like you are the persecutor. So that is why that is the last spot on the triangle before you get off. Now that you guys are resonating with this, you're seeing this, you know how to get off the triangle. It's not easy to just all of a sudden, oh, I'm just going to communicate my needs and I'm just going to fill my feelings. So if anyone feels like, okay, I know what role I'm on, but I don't know where to go from here, you can absolutely contact me to send me a PM or go to my website, nobstherapy.com, and I can hopefully help you and see what's going on. Um, I'm going to help Ashana in a minute because she's going to put up her situation. So yeah, reach out. If this is something that you're like, yep, yeah, I don't want to be on this triangle anymore. I don't want any more drama in my life. Then please reach out so I can see if I'm the one that can guide you, not rescue you, guide you to your truth and to how to get off this triangle. So are you ready to get off this triangle to stop the drama? I just want to let me see what you wrote and see if I can help you guide you, see if I can guide you, right? Okay, so from the role of persecutor, I feel like I can't ask for my needs directly. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. And my belief says it's too much. And personally, I have a fear that my current boyfriend might not be able to meet that for me. Okay, so let's look at the first part. So the first part is, I feel like I can't ask for my needs, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't. We don't know how to ask for what, what our needs are. So it's it's uncomfortable to ask for what you want, to ask like, hey, this is a need. Now, your belief says that it's too much. Exactly. 
you feel like, oh, I can't ask for what I want because it's too much. I don't deserve it. So there's probably like a little bit of, I don't deserve it. So I'm not going to ask for it. It's too much. Um, and personally, I have a fear that my current boyfriend might not be able to meet that for me. Maybe not. Maybe not. No one, no one is expected to meet our need. We can always ask for it. So the thing is, and also you've, it sounds like you haven't really asked for your needs before. If you normally go to the persecutor role, then you're not getting, I, I'm just going to do this as a situation example. So if you're in, if you're that main persecutor and you're not getting a need met, then you can either blame the person or manipulate them to get the need met. So, but you're not, you're not actually acting like asking for what you want right? It's just like, oh, he doesn't, he's not doing what I want. So I'm going to blame him for it. But the thing is, is you haven't actually asked him for what you want. So he might actually be able to meet that need if he knows what that need is. I'm not sure what the need is, but just asking like, hey, like here's an example is I really, what I really need is I, I need to spend more time with you. I, I feel really alone. I feel like you're at work all the time. And, and I'm so sorry if I've come across as blaming you. I know I've never had a chance to ask you this before. I don't even know how to do it, but this is what I truly want. So in a sense, Exana, you have to become vulnerable. For us to ask for our needs, getting off the triangle, we have to be vulnerable because no one's a mind reader. And a lot of times we think, oh, if that person really loved me, they would know. Well, no. So here's what I'm saying about your boyfriend is you're saying he might not be able to meet that need. And you're right. He might not. But you don't know until you ask. I meant my needs are too much is a limiting belief. It's absolutely a limiting belief because you learned it somewhere. You learned that my needs are too much. My needs don't matter. My No one can fulfill my needs, which is true. You're the only one that can truly fill your needs, but that's why you can ask for it. So you learn that somewhere. It is a limiting belief. And now you can go against it and actually ask for what you want. Cornelia says, my voice is always neglected. I asked, but he didn't say it first. So I took his power away. Wow. Wow. That is big vulnerability and insight right there. Okay. Akshana, let's see. No, I think I have asked from a place of peace sometimes. I've always blamed and complained to express my need for more communication or contact like consistent calls. So you're not getting a need met. He's not giving you those consistent calls and that, that communication. So then you can go to the persecutor and blame him and complain, right? So the thing is, is what we have to do is not blame the other person because no matter what, they're going to go on the defense. So if you are blaming someone, they, yeah, they're going to go on the defense. So the thing is to say is I'm feeling really hurt. I'm feeling abandoned. I'm, I'm just using examples. I'm feeling unacknowledged. I'm feeling not important because you aren't giving me the consistent calls that I'm asking for. And so what I want from you is I want you to give me these consistent calls, are you willing? Now, are you willing is huge because that's where you put the ball in his court and then he gets to say yes or no, or well, let's talk about this. That's the thing is, Oksana, I would say it's important for you to own your feelings. So don't tell him what he's not doing or what's not going right because it's just gonna put him in um, defense. So instead, make it all about you. That's the taking responsibility part. So I'm feeling unacknowledged, unseen, unheard, not cared for. This is, this is what I want from you. So that hopefully that's something that can help. Okay. Akshana says, yeah. So, so yes, own my feelings is so important. Exactly. Because when you own your feelings and that he's not on the defense and then he can see, oh my gosh, I'm hurting her. I didn't realize I'm hurting her. And then he can come towards you instead of, you're not doing this, then it's going to make him back away. So perfect. Okay, Andy, my right hand is being held by someone who knows more than me. This is my teacher. My left hand, I like this, and I like this visual. My left hand is being held by someone who knows less than me. I am their teacher. I need both hands to be as such for me to be. I love that. I love that. 
Yeah. So you have someone on your right hand that is someone who knows more than you, your teacher. You have someone in your left hand who knows less than you. You're their teacher and you need both hands to be you. I. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, because we need people that we can guide, that we can teach, and then we need people that can teach us. Absolutely. I love that, Andy. Thank you for sharing. Okay, Shauna says, I do feel hurt because I'm always blamed for causing drama, but that's not my intention. Yeah, that's the thing. It's unconscious. We don't realize that we are causing the drama. Like We don't realize that we are truly the ones causing the drama, but it's because we don't know how to ask for what we want. We don't know how to fill our feelings. We don't know how to take responsibility. That's why you get off the triangle. So exactly, you feel hurt. So that's what you have to tell him is, I feel hurt. So you take your responsibility for your feelings and ask for what you want. Okay, cool. Thank you guys so much. So my question to you is, are you ready to get off the triangle? Because you can. It's it's not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's doable and you absolutely can. So just know that once you understand what role you're on in the triangle, then you can absolutely get off. So I hope you have... An amazing rest of your day. Again, contact me if you want some guidance for this. And thank you all for watching live and on the replay and listening on my podcast. And I will, Oksana says, thank you. This is so profound. Oh, good. Yay. I'm so, so happy to hear that. That's, that's what I want to hear. I love teaching stuff like this because it was profound for me when I learned it. It was like, whoa. This is profound, exactly. Andy, thank you. Cornelia, love you, love you too, thank you. Okay, everyone, have a great rest of your day. Get off the triangle, take responsibility, fill your feelings, and ask for your needs. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope that you were able to shatter some of those BS beliefs. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think it will resonate with and leave me a comment or send me a voice message so I can have a Q&A with your questions. And if for some reason you still have those pesky BS beliefs, go to nobstherapy.com and send me a message. I love helping people get to the root cause of their BS beliefs so you no longer have to have them anymore. And you can go on being the empowering person with the amazing life that you were meant to have. See you next time.